0: Thank you for choosing this podcast from The Calling Community Church. As a Christ-centered community, our mission is to create space for all people to experience the compassionate love of the Father and the calling He has for their life. Please enjoy the message today recorded live inside the Wilson Arts Auditorium at Platt County High School in Platt City, Missouri.
1: into this new series, we're going to do the seven commands of Christ. Now, Jesus said lots of things, and there's more than just that, but these are are the basic commands of Christ, the basic foundational things that is required of us if we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to be a follower of Jesus in this culture, in the world that we live in today, we're going to look at these seven commands. Obviously, they come from Jesus himself. And so we need to, to pay close attention because they come from him. But there was a missionary, uh, Roberto, named George Patterson, who's a missionary in northern Honduras, and he developed these teachings to train local pastors on the mission field to disciple their church members. There were there was some conflict going on in the in the. In the church, because there were the the pastors who were well educated, who had the opportunity to go to school and get a degree, and a lot of people would look to those pastors, thinking those pastors are the ones that know everything. And and then when the other pastors were uneducated, when they started to uh, do the Lord's supper or to baptize, they started to question them, like, "Why? How are you able to do that? You don't have the education we have." And George Patterson was like, "No, no, no, no. We're not. We're not going to go down that road." He's like the. Uh, The the basic goal is, for all of us, is just obey Jesus, is just obey Jesus, and so he began to uh, develop these, these commands, simple ways to disciple other people, and which, by the way, which is why we're teaching it to you, okay, I want you to understand that you are here to receive it, but please just don't hold on to it, you need to figure out then ways in your context, to give it away. And so for the next seven weeks, we're going to train you how to follow the commands of Christ and then to teach others how to follow the commands of Christ, okay? And so hopefully you'll stay with us. And then when we get together during the evening, throughout the week, whenever you can be there, we will look at an example in Scripture of the command being lived out. And then we'll talk about what does it look like to, in this case, this first one is to repent and believe, we got to start there. It's a foundational principle or a foundational command to repent and believe. So just obey Jesus is going to be the thing that's going to guide us as we go. And Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, you will show up to church every once in a while. Right? Just like whenever you, you, whenever you feel like it's convenient for you, uh, you'll just, you, if you love me, you will give when you have a little extra to give. If you love me, you will try the best you can to just be a good person. No, no, by the way, that's not what Scripture says. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And followers of Christ are told in this statement that loving Christ creates people who are willing to do what Jesus asked them to do. And they do that as a result of their love and gratitude. There is no genuine Christian faith that is not willing to obey Christ. Can I say that again? There is no genuine Christian faith that is not willing to obey Jesus. Thank you. Maybe you're amening quietly. I hope all the Chiefs fans today are not going to cheer quietly in the loudest stadium in the world. Jesus said in Mark 1, 15, he said, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. And so that's the foundational, belief, foundational command. He says, Repent and believe. I love what it says in the message uh, version of the Bible. It says, Time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. Exclamation point. <laughs> Time's up. The kingdom of God is here. Change your life. Believe the message. So to repent, let's just unpack this just a little bit. To repent is to change one's mind. And it's not only just to change your mind, but it's change your mind for better. And it says this, heartily to amend one's past sins. It's literally like he was talking about the 180 turn. It's literally to stop, turn around, and walk the other way. Repentance is the word for this repentance is metanoia, which means change of mind. It involves a turning from sin to God, and it says the repentant sinner is then in the proper condition to accept divine forgiveness. Isn't that good? Like, once you turn. Once you turn, then you're in the proper place to receive what it is God has for you. And if you are still here today and say, I haven't turned yet, I'm still walking, I'm going my direction, you're not in the proper place to receive what it is God has for you. You have to turn around to receive what it is that he has. I love what it says in uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 26 through 31. I've, I've shared this passage before and, uh, and Roberto, when I go, sometimes I get to preach as the wolf, like not in the costume. I take the costume off, and I get to preach, and I'll share this passage of Scripture when I'm sharing the gospel. It says in Acts chapter 17, verse 26-31, through 31, it says, From one man, God has made every nationality to live over the whole earth, and has determined their appointed times and the boundaries of where they live. He ter- determined that Roberto would be in Bolivia. He would determine that I would be in Platte City. And he did this from one man. He did this, listen, the reason why you're here today or you are where you are, wherever it is that you are, he did this so that you might seek God. That was last week, right? We talked about seeking God. And perhaps that you might reach out to him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, and even some of your own poets have said, This is Paul writing to the people there at the Areopagus, he's saying, even some of your own poets have said, For we are also his offspring. And since we are God's offspring, then we shouldn't think that his that this divine nature is like gold or silver or stone or an image fashioned by human art and imagination. We shouldn't be at something that we can grab a hold of, his divine nature. Therefore, it says, having overlooked times of ignorance, God now commands. All people everywhere to repent. All people everywhere. This is not like, well, it's only for the people in Platte County. Like this is, it is a requirement for everyone. Now, if you've been involved at all in our, um, in our treasure chest, the food pantry that we support here uh, at the school, it's a great program, feeds a lot of people. Just recently, they had... Determined that it was kind of getting out of control, and now you have to be a you have to be in the Platte County School District in order to get food assistance. (laughs) It's bittersweet in some ways, but at the same time, it's a requirement. And so, if you come there and you say, "Well, um, our kids aren't in the Platte County School District, but they're uh, in—but they're in school down at this place. They're in school, so isn't that enough?" No, you got to be in the Platte County, and you got to prove to them that you're in the Platte County School District. Well, what if my kids dress like the kids in Platte County School District? Then could we get assistance? Or what if we started talking like the people in the Platte County School District? Then would that be okay? No. You have to live and your kids have to be enrolled in school in the Platte County School District. That is the requirement. Does that make sense? Just to try to help you kind of understand. In this case, it says everyone everywhere must repent. Because he has set a day when he is going to judge the world in righteousness by the man that he has appointed. Who is, that, who is that man? Jesus. It's not Pastor Brady. It's not Roberto. It's not this Pastor Brady. It is Jesus. He is appointed. He has provided proof of this to everyone by raising him from the dead. Charles Spurgeon says that repentance is the hinge of the gospel. It is a subject which lies at the very basis of salvation. It is the very groundwork for our hopes for heaven. Repentance is the groundwork for our hope for heaven. All other commands are built on this one. That's the reason why we're starting with this one. We're going to build from this place of repentance and belief. And we're going to go from there. So turn with me to John chapter 3. John chapter 3, very familiar passage in Scripture. So we're going to spend some time there. This morning. All right. We there? John chapter three. Now what's the what's the famous verse that's in John chapter three? All right, 16, right? Yeah. Oh, there's so much before that. There's so much that comes after that. And so let's just take a look at it today. Are you ready? Are you ready to receive God's word today? Okay, there was a man from the Pharisees. His name was Nicodemus. He was a ruler of the Jews. And this man came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who is from God, for no one could perform these signs that you do unless God were with him. And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born again, he cannot see. The kingdom of God. And how can anyone be born again when he is old? Nicodemus asked him. Can he enter his mother's womb a second time and be born? Let me just tell you, that statement then was as outrageous and perplexing as it is today. Like, is that possible? How could that even happen? Like, that was just as bizarre in that culture as it would be for us today to say, Jesse, in order to follow Jesus, you must be born again. I mean, there's your mom. You need to to go in and come back out again. I mean, that's how we're going to do it. And you're thinking, dude, that's weird (laughs) that you can't do that. Jesse's a big kid, all right? He's a lot bigger than he was when he was born. Jesus answered, again, he says, Truly I tell you, unless someone is born of water, and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Whatever is born of the flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. In First 1 Peter 1:3 1, it says that it's a new birth into a living hope, an inheritance that will never fade. Listen, you're born of the flesh. Jesse, you were born of the flesh. But one day, your inheritance will fade. It will go away. You will not be here any longer. And I pray it's a long time from now. I pray you live a really good, long life. But someday, your story here on earth will be done. But this new birth that it's talking about, it's an inheritance that will never go away. It is such good news. It's a legacy that will live on in eternity. It says, the wind blows where it pleases, and you hear its sound, but you don't know where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. When someone's born of the flesh, um, let's see my friend Courtney there and her husband Cody, and she has a baby living inside of her right now. Yeah, that's incredible. There's a baby that was living inside of her mom, and now she's talking. And she's grow- the baby's growing, and we don't know yet if it's a boy or a girl. I don't know, we got some bets out. i got a 50 cent, 50% chance of knowing which one it is. And we know this baby's growing, and uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come alive someday. And we will be able to see it because it's born of the flesh. But when someone's born of the Spirit, we don't get to see that as clearly. Now, we'll talk a little bit about that at the, at the end of this passage. But I believe, though, when someone does turn and repent and walk the other way, there sh- should be some evidence we should be able to see it with our eyes and know, just like we'll see this baby when it's born, we'll be able to see when you're born again that there's something changed, something's different, right? Roberto was a different man when he repented and believed that Jesus was the Messiah than he was before. And so then Nicodemus said, How can these things be? Jesus said, Are you a teacher of Israel and don't know these things? Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, we speak what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but you do not accept our testimony. If I told you about earthly things and you don't believe, how will you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And then Jesus goes on to share this little illustration. He says, just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. Are you familiar uh, with the story in Numbers chapter 24 of the snake being lifted up in the the wilderness? Do you guys know that story at all? Okay, so here here it is. Basically, the people were grumbling and complaining to God and to Moses about their current situation. You know, like, hey, we, we were in... Yeah, we're in prison and captivity in Israel or in Egypt, but at least we had food to eat. Now here we are, and they're complaining. You know what? They did not listen to the gospel of Amelia Faith Testorf, our granddaughter. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. Amen? Yeah, people, you get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. But yet we're human, and guess what we do? We throw a fit. We complain, and we argue, and we, oh, what about this? I want this instead of that. Yeah, we do that. We're just human nature. Jesse, you don't do that, do you? No. Yeah, just shake your head. No. <laughs> All right. But the people were grumbling, and, here's, and God's like, you know what? He's like, it, man, reality discipline is how God disciplines his kids. All right? You want to complain? Here's what's going to happen. Here comes some snakes. People were getting bitten. People were dying. And the people are like, whoa, wait a minute, okay, what we, okay, we're wrong, what do we need to do to fix this? Moses is told by the Lord, then put this bronze snake on a pole, and when people look to the bronze snake, they'll recover. Do you know who that is, that we look to to recover from our disease called sin? Oh, isn't this good? His name is Jesus. And we're, we're going to talk about him in verse 16. That's what's coming next. It says, The Son of Man... Must be lifted up so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. And here it is. For God loved the world in this way. This is how he loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Belief does not come before repentance. You must turn and repent and receive forgiveness and put your hope and trust in Jesus For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Isn't that good news? Yeah, we all deserved condemnation. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short. We've all failed. We've all blown it. We all deserve to be punished for our sin. We deserve the death that Jesus died. We do. All of us. Anyone who believes in Him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. Could this be any more clear to us, ladies and gentlemen, could it be any more clear? What is the basic requirement of a believer in Jesus Christ? And it says, this is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people loved darkness rather than light because their deeds we're evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it, so that it's, his deeds may not be exposed. That makes sense, doesn't it? It makes sense. Like, you, if you're in the dark, like, if nobody sees and nobody knows, then we don't have to deal with it. I mean, we do. We are. We just don't have to deal with it publicly, <laughs> We can just pretend like it's really not there. We can just stay in the shadows. But, man, once you step into this light and the light starts shining, people start to see who we really are, that's scary. I would say that it's one of the reasons why these seats aren't full this morning. And because the weather wasn't great and the Chiefs are playing. People were tailgating at 7 a.m., Next Sunday morning, 7 a.m., we're going to be tailgating right here at the church. And you'd be like, bro, you're going to be by yourself. No, I won't, because Tony will be here. Where is he at? Tony will be here 30 minutes later. And it'll just be the two of us. We'll have some hot dogs. We'll be drinking some root beer. It'll be awesome. The rest of you are just going to miss out. 7 o'clock. Hey, if the Chiefs win, we're tailgating next week, all right? I'll cook you breakfast. Amen. Yeah, we got, Roberto's not even going to be here. He's clapping. He doesn't, he didn't care. He's like, yeah, I'll be praying for you from a long way away. All right? Seven o'clock, my phone ding. People are already out of the stadium tailgating. They're excited. But they're not excited about coming into the light and having your deeds exposed, having your heart just laid out before the creator of the universe, but yet it's in that place that we find the The incredible healing that comes from the Lord. Man, it's so good. So good when we do that. All right. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works, which I believe is the evidence of or the fruit of our repentance. That our works may be shown to be accomplished by God. It's not something that we can do or have done on our own. David and Jamie got married, they shared intimate time with one another, and they had Jesse. That's what humans do, that's in the flesh. But repentance and belief only happens through the Spirit. And the fruit that comes from that only happens by the work God accomplishes. Through the power of His Spirit. And then we start to see the evidence of a life changed. We start to see growth. I keep picking on you, Jesse, but it's just easy because you're right there. Jesse grew. He was born and then he grew. He's grown he's past his mother. And as a follower of Jesus Christ, you must grow. Living things must grow. That's why I talked about wherever you are last week, wherever you are, seek God from that place and grow in your your knowledge and your fear and your reverence to the Lord. You must be born again. It's not an option, ladies and gentlemen. I think there's a lot of people walking in and out of the doors of the church every single Sunday that are not born again. They might have a knowledge of who Jesus is. They might be curious about him. They might have just enough of Jesus to think that it all going to be okay when they die someday. And they got that ticket to heaven. But I'm going to be real with you. Is there evidence of that? Is there fruit of that? It says... In the Amplified Version, it says you must be born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, sanctified, set apart. And it says, unless you are, you cannot see and experience the kingdom of God. John 1, 12 through 12-13 says, but to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or will of the flesh, or will of the man, like I was just talking about, but born of God. And let me just say, you cannot be born again by being baptized as a baby. And if you were baptized as a baby and you think, I'm all good, I don't have to put my hope and trust in Jesus Christ, like I'm going to be in heaven someday because I was baptized as a baby, that is not biblical truth, ladies and gentlemen. It's not. You cannot be born again by being baptized as an adult. Oh, okay, I got baptized. I showed everybody. I I, I did what I was supposed to do. You can't be born again by just being a good person. You can't be be born again by coming to church. Now, you can be born again as a result of being in church. Gosh, we hope that happens. If that's not happening, then, man, I am terrible at my job. And I should probably go find a new career. I'll take up being a mascot full time. We cannot be born again by just being uh, someone who serves the poor. That's something we should do as a born-again believer. But just say, well, I'm a good person. Look at me. I'm doing these good things. God will surely accept me and love me. We can't be born again by dressing like a Christian. What, what does that even look like anymore anyway? You know, back in the day, it was a suit and tie and a dress. That's how everybody knew you were born again. And then that all started to change. And people really some people had a real problem with that. Well, you're, not, you're sure not dressed like a Christian. I didn't know there was a specific way Christians are supposed to dress. That's not in the Bible. Now, it does talk about reverence and, and putting your best foot forward and those kind of things. And you can misconstrue that however you want. You cannot be born again by talking like a Christian. You can learn a lot of Christianese and a lot of Christian words. You could even use the phrase, be born again. And think, that makes me born again. <laughs> And please do not be duped into believing this great lie from the enemy of your soul. Surely God will give me a second chance after I die. Do you hear me? Because people believe that. I don't really, nothing's required of me now. I don't really have to turn and receive and believe and walk the other way. You know what? God God is such a loving God, surely he'll understand and he'll let me in. Man, the enemy would love for you to believe that. Go to the Chiefs game today without a ticket and see if they'll let you in. They will not let you in because they love their money, by the way. They won't even let me in and I work for them. I have to have a ticket to get in. Am I preaching to the church? Are you hearing what I'm saying? This is border, this baseline Christianity, folks. We must repent. We must turn from our sin, we must walk and believe, and we must have fruit that shows that we are following Jesus. It must be there. Now this is not legalism, I'm not talking about legalistic, like, oh well, i got to do all these things to get God to love. No, you are so captured by his love and grace and mercy that it just shows that you are compelled by his love To live and to give and to serve and to just follow him no matter what. Yeah, you're going to fall and stumble. That's why we're here to help you. We'll pick you up. When I fall and stumble, please pick me up. Show me grace. Show me some mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. My friend Spurgeon said it like this. The salvation of every person, there is an actual putting forth of divine power. Whereby the dead sinner is quickened, the unwilling sinner is made willing, the desperately hard sinner has his conscience made tender, and he who rejected God and despised Christ is brought to cast himself down at the feet of Jesus. Peter preached in Acts chapter 2, he says, When they heard this message, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? And this is what Peter said. Repent and be baptized, that's coming next week. Each of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive membership into the church and we'll all be happy that you're a part of what we're doing. No, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Man, God himself living in you through faith in Jesus. There has to be a change of heart, a change of mind, and a change of direction. And this change, I'm almost done, this change should be radical. It gives us new natures. Makes us love what we hated and hate what we loved. Sets us in a new road. Makes our habits different. Our thoughts different. Makes us different in private and it makes us different in public. I listened to this message this week that, uh, that, first of all, let me, let me finish this thought here. Sorry. I'm, I'm excited. I love this word. It's preaching to me. Man. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I was listening to this message by a guy named David Platt. He's kind of a, a more modern day teacher Um, Spurgeon's a little old but not out of touch Spurgeon's dead actually if you didn't know that a long time ago but he's he's a good teacher his legacy lives on (laughs) David Platt's still alive as far as I know (laughs) and listen what he says there is no superstitious prayer in the Bible that talks about accepting Christ into your heart Jesus is not a poor and puny Savior looking for anyone's acceptance. Oh, can you hear that? Did you hear that? Jesus is not a poor and puny Savior looking for anyone's acceptance. Instead, he is a sovereign Lord and King who is worthy of everyone's praise. Today, repent and believe. Trust Christ to be sufficient for your salvation. Follow Jesus. Just obey him and let him be your Lord. Time's up. God's kingdom is here. (laughs) Change your life. And believe this message. For if you do, you'll never be the same. Let us pray. Worship team, come. Holy Spirit, the one who comes to live in us. Show the evidence that in our life as we walk away from this place. We repent today. Some of us in this room need to repent today and turn follow Jesus for the first time. All of us need forgiveness for something for the hundredth time. But there are those who need to repent and believe. And they cannot go any further until they do that. I pray that we would we would take care of this matter today with you. Jesus said, the Time is now, the kingdom is near. Repent and believe. May we be obedient to what it is he's asking us to do. In Jesus'
0: name. Thanks again, for choosing this podcast from the Calling Community Church. We hope it leaves you encouraged. If you need more information about the church or want to speak to someone about prayer or faith in Jesus, please visit our website, thecallingcommunitychurch.com, and fill out the contact form. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a blessed day.